God bless you. This is Pastor Gavin Taylor, and I want to thank you for tuning into our podcast. It is my prayer that you will enjoy this message. May God richly bless you, and I want you to never forget you are blessed and you can't be cursed. Amen. So, all right, we're going to get right down to business. You know, over the last several weeks, I've been preaching on the names of God. You guys got me up there good. And um, I think this is, this is my last one. This is it. And I'm really excited about this one, actually. But this is the last one. And I think I've done seven messages. I think this is number eight. But if you have not got a chance to see them, you can see them on Facebook. You can go on YouTube. And they're all listed under um, The Great I Am from one to seven. And um, you can also go on our website at lojnorthnork.org. And they're listed on our media page. So you can see all of them because I'm not going to. I'm not going to go deep into every other name that I did already. I went through all of the names, and I'll just give a real brief recap, and then we're going to get into the last one I want to go through. You guys are ready for this? You guys got Bibles? You guys good? Because you got to go through the scriptures with us, you know. You good? Okay. So I just put here, you know, over the last several weeks, we've been talking about the names of God. And I mentioned that throughout the scriptures, God makes himself known to his covenant people by many different names and descriptive titles. Now, these names or descriptive titles were all representative of an attribute of his character and of his power. And they were descriptive of what he's able to do and what he's willing to do in the lives of his covenant-keeping people. He used these names to paint a picture of himself so that you and I would not have to worry because he's capable of helping us through everything that we'll ever have to face in life. Can you say amen? amen. All of these names combined tell us a complete story about the God that we serve. And that's why one name couldn't do it. Our God's power is so vast and unlimited that it took many names to paint a complete picture of his omnipotence. Now today, we're going to complete this message. But before we do that, I'm going to do a real quick recap, all right? So first of all, this is not um, God's name, but but we want to start off with the fact that he is God, right? Which is the Hebrew word Elohim. And um, it's important that we define this because that's just, again, simply who he is, right? He is the supreme or chief God or chief deity. He is divine, the divine creator. And not only is he the supreme God, there's no other God besides him. He's the one and only true God. He existed before all things and everything that was created came into existence because of him. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the first and he's the last, right? And I also mentioned that the, the word or name Elohim or the word Elohim is a plural word, right? It's, it doesn't just talk about, so that talks about the Godhead, right? The Father, the Son, and the, and the Holy Spirit, right? Or the triune God, or some call it the Trinity, or whatever you call it, but that is the God that we serve. One God having three distinctive personalities, right? So we talked about that. Then we talked about the fact that he revealed himself to Abraham as God Almighty or El Shaddai. And that that name means to be burly. It means to be large, strong, and heavily built. It means that our God is the omnipotent and all-powerful God, having limitless might, power, and strength. And the word, I love it, it means to be impregnable, which means that he's unable to be broken into or captured. I love that. So that is El Shaddai. When, he, when he, he reveals himself to Abraham as El Shaddai, he says, I'm the almighty God. And he need to know that because he's 
100 years old and God promised him children, he has no child yet. And he needed to know that God's power was limitless. He says, I'm the almighty God. Now, I got into all of that. I'm not going to get real deep into it. Then to Moses, he reveals himself as I am. Or in the Hebrew, it's Iye. So what he said to him was Iye Asher Iye, which means I am that I am, or I am who I am, or I will become what I choose to become, or I am what I am, or I will be what I will be. I create whatever I create, or I am the existing one. So when he said that to him, that's what he meant. So I am any and everything, in other words, that you ever need him to be in your life. You need him to be your healer, that's what he is. You need him to be your deliverer, that's what he is. He says, I am. And I, you know, I mess around and I say, aren't you glad that you, didn't, you don't serve a has-been God that says, I was. <laughs> I used to be somebody, I was that I was, you know. <laughs> Or I will be that I will be. You know, one day I'll be somebody, you know. <laughs> he said, I am that I am. Amen? Amen? And then we went into talking about Jehovah, right? Or Yahweh. Or Lord, right? And the name Jehovah, it means the self-existent or eternal one. And Lord, right? Now, to be Lord means to be someone or something having power, authority, or influence. A master or a ruler. And I put here, remember our God is the king of kings, right? And he's the Lord of lords. See, there's other kings, there's other masters, there's other rulers and lords, but he reigns over them all. Amen. And now we're going to look at some of the, real quick, we're going to go through the compound names of Jehovah, and then I'm going to get into what I want to get into today. So in the first compound name of Jehovah, we found the, the name Jehovah Jireh, right? Which means... The Lord is my provider, right, or will provide. But more specifically, because we, we, we limit the meaning to just the Lord is my provider, but it means more than that. It specifically means, Jireh means to see or to foresee. So in other words, when God is saying I'm Jehovah Jireh, it means that I've already seen your need before you even knew you had it. I foresaw it. And then I put a plan in motion to meet your need. So he's not just the Lord is my provider. He's the Lord that knew your need before you knew you had one. And I always mess around and I say, you know, have you ever got money in your hand? You got some money out of nowhere. And you, you start thinking about, oh, man, I'm going to go buy some shoes. I'm going to buy this. I'm going to buy that with it. And then your car breaks down. And you got just enough money to take care of that situation. And you got mad, you know, because you wanted to buy shoes with it. But, that, but God already saw your need. And he put a plan in motion to meet your need. And that money that you thought you were going to buy shoes with was really money that God gave you so that you can take care of your car. That is Jehovah Jireh. He sees your need before you even know you have it. And then he puts a plan in place to meet it. Can you say amen? Then we talked about the name Jehovah Rapha. Right? Which means the Lord is our healer or he is the Lord who is our great physician. Now, the word Rapha literally means to mend by stitching. That is figuratively to cure, cause to heal as a physician would. It means to repair thoroughly and to make whole. Now, by the way, this healing, it doesn't just end with physical healing or just a sickness or a disease that's in your physical body. It also covers the healing of wounded and scarred emotions, 
broken hearts that need to be mended. See, that's why the name Rapha means to mend by stitching. When you come back, to, when you come to God, some of you are broken in a thousand pieces. You, but life has chewed you up and spit you out. And now you come before God and he begins to stitch you up like a physician. He begins to do surgery on you, put you back together. And I always say that more people need healing emotionally in the church than they do physically. You know, the Bible says that, that you know, that, that the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear. See, if you're, if you're strong spiritually, you can make it even if your body's broken down. But if you're broken spiritually, I don't care how healthy you are, you can't even get out of bed sometimes. So God begins to put you back together. I love, you know, the Bible says in Revelation, it says that unto him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Aren't you glad that he didn't use chicken blood? He washed us from our sins in his own blood and made us kings and priests unto him. See, first, he saves you, right? First, uh, he loved us. He lo unto him who loved us. The great love of God sent his only begotten son. The great love of Jesus sacrificed his own self and paid the price for our sins. And then he washed us from our sins in his own blood. And then he begins the process of making us. Right? You come to him, you get saved, you're still broken. And he has to make you kings and priests unto him. That is Jehovah Rapha stitching you up. So then number three, we talked about Jehovah Nisi, right? Or he is the Lord, our banner, or he is the Lord who is our victory or who brings us victory. And I put here, see, Jehovah Nisi means that he is the Lord who fights our battles for us and brings us victory. And we don't have to fight our battles. He's the Lord that fights them for us. The battle is not yours. It belongs to him. If we turn, if we turn it over to him, he'll begin to fight on your behalf. If you, if you get in the way, he can't move like he wants to. But if you move out of the way, turn your enemies over to God, then he'll, he, look, the Bible says that it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. And the Bible says that he that touches you touches the apple of his eye. He loves you, man. He don't mess around with his people. Can you say amen? Then, you know, we talked about Jehovah Shalom, which means that he is the Lord who is our peace, right? Now, shalom translated means peace. It also means to make whole. It means to complete or to finish or to fulfill and to perfect. Shalom is the kind of peace that comes as a result of being a whole person in right relationship to God and to his fellow man, right? And I told you and I mentioned to you that peace is a part of your inheritance, right? The Bible says, Jesus says, he says, my own peace I give you. And in the Amplifier, it says that, in the Amplified Classic, it says, my own peace I bequeath to you, which means to leave it to you as an inheritance. He leaves you. He says, not like the world gives it to you, because the world gives it to you and then takes it back from you. He says, but I leave you with my peace, and that peace can't be stolen from you as long as you remain in the presence of God. Can you say amen? amen. And then number five, he's Jehovah Shammah, right, which is the Lord is there, or the Lord is always present. And see, I believe that God used his name, Jehovah Shammah, because he wanted us to know that we are never and will never, ever be alone. God never has and he never will abandon us. 
He's not left us to deal with our problems on our own. He's always there. He's always present. He's always ready to help, whether you realize it or not. He's always ever-present. And we need to know that now more than at any time, right? With all this craziness going on, many people are thinking, where is God in all of this? I got news for you. He's here. He's here. He's present. He's right there with you. He has not left you. And that's why many of you are blessed and prospering and doing well, even though we're in a pandemic, because he's there. Now, number six, we talked about he is Jehovah Rohi, right? Or he is the Lord who is our shepherd. Or he is the chief shepherd, right? Now, the role of any good shepherd is to feed to God and to protect, right? In Psalms 23, in the Amplified, it says, the Lord is my shepherd to feed to God and to protect me. So he feeds for you or he provides for you, right? To, he guides you or he provides you with direction. The worst thing in the world is to be lost in life. <laughs> he gives you direction for life. And he protects you from the hand of the enemy. He that dwells in a secret place, right? Shall abide in the shadow of the almighty, right? We will save the Lord that he is our refuge. He's our fortress, our high tower. Although a thousand may fall by my side, 10,000 by my right hand, it won't come near me. We will only as spectators. Many of us are spectators right now. We're watching what's happening. It's painful to see what's happening, but many of us are just watching it. We're not, we're not experiencing all this hell. We're watching what's happening. And it's horrible to watch, and I feel bad for people, but we have been kept safe in a secret place. And so we talked about Jehovah Rohi, and then the last two weeks we talked about Jehovah Mekadesh, right, which is the Lord who sanctifies or who consecrates us, right? Now, to sanctify or consecrate means to set apart or separate or to declare holy. And I put being consecrated means to be separated for God's purpose. And when you become one of God's children, he separates you from the rest of the world. And this separation is for your protection and because he wants to bless you. No question about that. And when he separates you, he also expects you to live different than the rest of the world does. He wants you to separate yourself. He separates you unto himself, separating you from evil and wickedness. And I put here, you see, he's holy. And because he's holy, he expects us to be holy. Amen? That means that we're responsible for sanctifying ourselves. He sanctifies us or he separates us from the world. And I gave you the picture of the fact that when, when um, the Israelites were in Egypt, when God was plaguing Egypt, it came a point where God says, I'm going to put a distinction between you and my people. And although they were suffering in Egypt, in Goshen, they were not experiencing those plagues. Although Goshen was in Egypt. And that's a picture of us being in the world, but not of it. We're, we're here. We see what's happening. But he's keeping us protected under his wings. And then the last one I went through last week was Jehovah Sikhanu, which means the Lord, our righteousness, right? Or the Lord who brings us into right standing with himself. And I put through the new birth, we were made righteous, right? We receive righteousness through our faith in God. It's a gift that comes with salvation. As a result of that deposit, we are now supposed to live righteous lives. Now, let me make a distinction here. You are not righteous because of anything that you've done. 
You can't be good enough to earn righteousness. Right? You have been given a deposit of righteousness, right? Because of your faith in what the Lord Jesus did. You've been justified. You've been made right with God. And now, out of that, you are now a righteous man or woman. See, I, I can't stand when people say, I'm just a dirty sinner, you know, Bob, 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 you know, and all this stuff. You ain't no sinner no more. You were. You were a filthy sinner. But when you gave your life to Christ, you became the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are now righteous men and women. If you're saved, you're a righteous man or a righteous woman. And now as a result of that, you live a righteous life. When you had a sin nature, you sinned by nature. But now you're righteous. So now we live right by nature. And I put it, you see, just like, you know, when you, when you were a sinner by nature, you did some good things, you know. Now, you know, that you're a righteous person, you mess up. That don't mean you're not righteous no more. Now, I don't mean you can live in sin. You can't be living like the devil. You know what I'm saying? You got to, you got to, you got to, you know, but you're going to mess up. And when you do, the Bible says that if you confess your sins. See, I always say, you know, never plead your case. Just plead guilty and plead the blood. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and he is just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And that's why, again, you can come boldly before his throne of grace. You don't have to come down. I'm just a filthy sinner. I'm no good. You don't have to do that. He said you can come boldly before the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy for when you fail and you can find grace to help you in time of need. So mercy, only the guilty need mercy. When you mess up, you just confess. You come, the throne of grace has mercy available. I messed up. I need your help. Forgive me. You know, try my best not to do that stuff again. Forgive me, Lord. You know, every, every morning you should be, every morning I just confess. I say, Lord, I pray that you forgive me for anything that I have done and thought, word, or deed that has displeased you in any way. I pray that you create in me a clean heart, renew within me a right spirit. Give me clean hands and a pure heart in Jesus' name. Every morning, every night, you know, and when I mess up, when I know I did, I just repeat. See, don't plead your case. Well, I did it because so-and-so, you know, if, if she didn't say that, you know, if they didn't do that, and they, he don't want to hear that. See, we have personal relationships with God. And when we stand before God, it's going to be, it's just gonna, there's a long line. <laughs> you know, we all going to be by there by ourselves. Ain't nobody going to have their lawyer with them. <laughs> you know, ain't nobody going to have no representative. You're going to stand before him. All of us in our underwear stand before God. <laughs> and the Bible says, and the book was open. Right? And then another book was open, which is the Lamb's Book of Life. So the books, I believe, are your deeds. It's all written down, everything that you've done, everything. And then another book is open, which is the Lamb's Book of Life. You don't look. What's your name? Jones. Let's see. <laughs> I don't see your name in this book. I see your name in this book. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> but if somebody's name ain't in that book, they're going to open them other books. And they're going to say, see, you came to you. So-and-so came to you on this day. Pastor Gavin came to you on this day. And you rejected the love of God. He said, I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. The dead people standing. Before, before the throne of God. And there was nowhere to hide. 
No representatives. I don't care how much money you had, you know. You can't hire no lawyer to, to get you through. The lawyer in line, too. Everybody's in line. <laughs> Everybody's in line. <laughs> so, so you are made righteous, right? Through the fact that you have accepted what the Lord Jesus has done. That's it. Otherwise, the Bible says your, your righteousness is, is nothing but a filthy rag to them. So you got people who say, well, I'm a good person. You know, I don't smoke, I don't chew, and I don't hang around with them to do. <laughs> you know? That don't mean nothing if you ain't giving your life to Jesus. If, you, ain't, if you, you have not accepted the love of God, I don't care how good you've been. I don't care how much money you gave away to the poor. I don't care what you've done. The only thing that can, that can absolve us of our debt, right? Because the Bible says that, that, that there's a price tag for sin, right? Payment for sin is death, which is a separation from God. The only thing that can pay the debt or has paid it is the blood of Jesus, what he did for us. Can you say amen? All right, that just leads me right into the last one. Now I'm ready to preach. Now was just my warm-up. You know, I'm ready to go now. You ready? Now, the last name I want to go over, and then I'm going to be done. Give me 30 minutes. 1230. It's 1154. 1230, I'll be done. How about that? So um, the last name I want to go over is, of course, the name that's above every name, Jesus. <laughs> now, you know, Jesus means Jehovah saves or he rescues or delivers. Isn't that beautiful? Now, let's look, about, let's look at how the Lord Jesus came about this name. Turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. Now we're going to get into the scriptures and we're going to go through some scriptures. Be ready to move because I got to, I got 30 something minutes. So in Philippians 2, chapter 5, I mean chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, I'm reading the Amplified Classic Edition. I love this. It says, let this same attitude and purpose and humble mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. And I like this. Let him be your example in humility. Who, although being essentially one with God and in the form of God, possessing the full fullness of the attributes which makes God God. <laughs> he did not think this equality with God was a thing to be eagerly grasped or retained, but stripped himself of all privileges and rightful dignity. See, many of you think that because when Jesus was here, although he is 100% God, right, that he operated as God on this earth. He didn't. He operated, he was 100% God, but he's also 100% man. And when he was on this planet, he operated 100% as a man. The only, re the only way that Jesus can say, you know, do what I did is to be, be a man. He could not, you know, be God and then say, I want you to do what I did. And the Bible says that he was tempted in all points like as we are. Yet without sin. But he experienced temptation. He was hungry, the Bible says. He was thirsty. He got tired. I mean, everything that we go through in life, he was rejected. He was betrayed. He went through everything. So that he could give you a picture of what you needed to do when those things happened. The Bible says he came to his own. His own received him not. They rejected him. He said, we don't want you. You know what I'm saying? He came. To, so he, he, had a, he had a good friend. You know what his name was? Judas. And see, people think that Judas was just some guy. But out of hundreds of people that was following him, he chose him as one of his 12. 
And this man went with Jesus everywhere for three and a half years. Ate together, slept in the same place together, hung out together. He expounded. He's preaching in parables to everybody else, and he's opening up the scriptures to these 12 men. And Judas is one of them. Judas is the treasurer. He's not just some dude just hanging out. He's a friend. You're talking about being betrayed. He understands what, oh, but you just don't understand. No, no, I understand. I had, a, I had a good friend that betrayed me. I know exactly what it's like with a kiss. I know, I know exactly what it's like. See, and, and see, he, he wanted, he did that because he, he gave us a full picture of how we should react to things when they happen to us. He said, if you go into a town and they reject you, shake the dust off your feet, you know, and keep it moving. Don't, don't be yelling and screaming and cursing at them. <laughs> you know, his disciples, James and John, said, you want us, <laughs> they wanted to be an Old Testament, uh, you know, prophet. They said, you want us to call down fire on them, Jesus? <laughs> they tried to burn people up. <laughs> Jesus said, you don't know what, you don't even know what kind of spirit you're of. You know, we, we teach, I'm teaching love. I'm not teaching burning people up. <laughs> So, I mean, you know, he, he shows us these things, right? This same, this humility, right? He stripped himself, the Bible says, of all privileges and rightful dignity. He, he became fully man. All of, the, all of the, the, the works and all of the miracles he did, he didn't do them as God. He did them as man that was empowered by the Holy Spirit. And the only reason... You know, we're able to do those works or even greater works is, is the same way. You, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, the power of God can flow through you to heal the sick, you know, to do all of those things. I'm going to get to that in a minute. But he stripped himself of all privileges and rightful dignity. So as to assume the guise of a servant and that he became like man and was born a human being. And after he had appeared in human form, he abased himself and humbled himself still further. So not only did he, did he strip himself from being God, all of the dignity, all of the honor he had as God stripped himself. He came here to be rejected by his own people, the people he created. You imagine that, like you have like some G.I. Joe men and you know, you breathe life into them, you know? <laughs> and they're moving around. They say, we don't, we don't want you. <laughs> like, like, what? I made you. <laughs> I you reject me, you know? He came to his own and his own received him not. Do you know why, you know why, you know why Jesus is the, he calls himself the manna that came down from heaven? Because when, when the uh, Israelites saw that bread from heaven, they called it manna, which means, what is it? When they saw Jesus, they said, what is it? What is this? This is not what we expected. We thought we was going to have a king that was going to deliver us from the oppression of the Romans. He's talking about the kingdom of God. We want to be released from Roman, you know, we want, we want somebody to be like King David and conquer, you know, the Romans. And we want to, we want to establish Israel as the greatest kingdom again. We don't know what you're talking about, the kingdom of God and all this stuff, you know. So it says he abased himself and humbled himself still further and carried his obedience to the extreme death, even the death of the cross. 
The reason why it was so extreme, you know, the, 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 you know, God said in the Old Testament that cursed is every man that hangs on a tree. He became, and that's why the Bible says that, that see, he, he became a curse for us, right? So that we could receive the blessing of Abraham. He exchanged places with us. And that's why I always say, you know, I, he didn't die for me, just die for me. He died as me. He took my place. And that's why I say, I am Barabbas. We get mad at Barabbas, you know. He, he's this murderer. He's a rioter. He's a thief. He represents everything that's wrong with mankind. The filthiest guy. Jesus took his place. Barabbas should have been on that cross. But Jesus got up there and took his place. In doing so, he took our place. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is every man that hangs on the tree that the blessing of Abraham may come upon the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. So he humbled himself to the extreme death, the death of the cross. Therefore, because of all of that, right, because in the Amplified Classic it says, because he stooped so low. God has highly exalted him and has freely bestowed on him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue shall confess and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, I mean, I, there's just so much. I, if, I don't, if I don't stay focused, I'm not going to get through this. I, there's just so much I can say with all of that. Let me just get back to my notes. Today, you know, I, I'm not going to focus as much on the person of Jesus. My goal is to talk to you about the power that resides in the name of Jesus. Okay. One of the things that um, when I first got saved, when I first really, really started working, walking with God, two of the two key things that God really um, expounded to me, shared with me, was number one, the power of the Holy Spirit. And the name of Jesus. Because these are the two things that the, that the church rejects. They reject the power of the Holy Ghost, you know, stuff like that. And they, and they reject the power that's in the name of Jesus. Now I'm talking about the religious church, of course, you know. Right? And then religions worldwide, right? We can, it, they said that you can sit, you know, all different religions in a room. And they, they can come to an agreement. But if you sit a born-again, blood-washed, blood-bought believer inside that room, automatically there's going to be some disagreements. Because we believe that Jesus Christ is the only way. There is no other way. <laughs> there is no ifs, ands, or buts. We can't agree on anything else but the fact that Jesus is the way. <laughs> well, you know, Buddha... You know, and Allah and this person, you know, and everybody can, you know, get together and start fellowshipping and we come inside there with our stuff and we'd be like, nah, mm, nah, nah. If you don't accept Jesus, all y'all in here going to hell. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. <laughs> and, and, you know, and people reject the power of the Holy Spirit, right? They try to tell you that, oh, that's from yeah, that's for yesterday, you know, you're not speaking tongues no more and all that stuff, the power of the Holy Ghost. They try to reject that, right? But today I want to talk about the name of Jesus. 
Now, again, I, I mentioned to you that um, the name of Jesus, it means Jehovah saves or rescues, defends, delivers, preserves, avenges, and brings victory. That's what the name means. Now, I love it because, see, it means to deliver, and it gives the picture of deliverance. One of the pictures of deliverance is you having, like, your head in a crocodile's mouth, and he's just about to come down on it, right? And God snatches you out right before it happens. That's deliverance. So he is Jehovah rescues. He delivers. He avenges. He, per, he preserves, right? This name also means to succor or to bring or to provide assistance and support in times of trouble and times of need. This name is an all, the all-encompassing name of the great God that we serve. The name of Jesus is the name, again, that is above every name. It is the ultimate name of God that is used in these scriptures. At this time, the, you know, at, at this name, the Bible says that every knee should or must bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. That means that all the angels in heaven bow. Every creature on earth bows. And every devil in hell bows to the authority that's in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? Everybody's on their knees. One day, everybody's going to be on their knees. Every atheist, everybody talked about God ain't true. They're all going to be on their knees. The Bible says there's going to be no place to hide. They're going to be asking for the, for, the, for the mountains to fall on them, <laughs> you know, trying to hide from the presence of him. And he, when he appears, the Bible says the whole world's going to see him. And everybody's going to be on their knees. And right now, he's just sitting at the right hand of the Father, waiting for his enemies to be made his footstool. So everybody's going to be on their knees, and every tongue is going to confess Right, everybody that said, I don't believe in God. All them tongues are going to be confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord <laughs> to the glory of God the Father. Everybody. <laughs> now I put here, at the name of Jesus, cancer has to bow. At the name of Jesus, every demon got to bow. At the name of Jesus, death has to bow. At the name of Jesus, even the coronavirus got to bow. And I put here, see, his name sits on top of every other name that has ever been named. And I just want you to take a moment right now. Think of a problem or a situation that you're facing. If it has a name, then it must bow down to the name of Jesus. Whatever the situation is, if it has a name, it has to bow to the name of Jesus. It's the name that is above every name. It's, it sits above every other name. Now, let me just move on. I got to move. Now, the name of Jesus, you need to understand, is the only name that can bring healing, deliverance, and salvation. In Acts chapter 4, verses 8 through 12, it says there, I love this. I love this. It says, then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost. I like that. Peter, then Peter, comma, filled with the Holy Ghost, comma, said to them. <laughs> see, see, it could, see, it could just read, then Peter said to them. But it says, Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said, said to them. You rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to this impotent man, because they just healed this man that could never walk, right? By what means he is made whole. Not just healed, he was made whole. Complete. Be it known unto you 
and to all the people in Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. My God. Woo! <laughs> My God, man. You know, in John chapter 14, 6, it says, Jesus, Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. I'm going to make this declaration right now. Be it known to all of you today that the name of Jesus is the only name that can save, set free, heal, and deliver. There is no other way, and there is no other name. And I put here, notice that Jesus says, I am the way. He didn't say I'm away. Because if he's away, then that means that there's other ways. But when he says I'm the way, I'm the only way. That's it. The only way you can get to the Father is through me. You try to go in some other way, the Bible says you're trying to come in as a thief and a robber. There's one way to get in. You got to go in through the gate. It's the picture of the tabernacle. If you're looking at really good. I, I did a message on the tabernacle. It's on YouTube. I put it on. But there's one, there's one entrance into the tabernacle. Just one. It's a gate that is embroidered in white, which speaks of his purity. Scarlet or red, which speaks of the blood of Jesus. Purple, which speaks of his, his, his kingliness, right? And then blue, which speaks of, you know, the Holy Spirit on him coming down from heaven, his divinity. And that was embroidered. And that was the door. You had, to, you had to walk through that door. There's no other way to get in it. He says, I'm the way. That's it. I'm the truth and I'm the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. And so I want you to understand that there is no other way. And again, when you use the word the, you eliminate all of the options. There is no other way. He's it. And that's why we are instructed, right, to pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. Because he's the only way to gain access to the Father. Amen? Amen. Now turn your Bibles to John chapter 14, verses 13 to 14. Now I'm moving through this thing because I really want to, I got to get all of this done. John chapter 14, verses 13 through 14. And um, he says, and whatever you shall ask in my name. See, I'm going to mention this right now. Let me, before I even get into this, right? I'm going to tell you why the name of Jesus is so, is so important. Well, I'm going to get into that in a minute. But you have these people, I, I listen, right? I watch these movies, and I see these people, they pray these real fancy, eloquent, you know, prayers and stuff like that. They y'all real eloquent with it, you know? And then I'm waiting, you know? And at the end, they say, you know, amen. I'm like, that prayer, ain't, ain't, it ain't touched it, reached the ceiling, let alone heaven. He says, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now turn to John chapter 16, verses 23 to 26. And this is, just what, this is what Jesus says. 
See, this is not a preacher. This is not what some preacher says. <laughs> this is Jesus speaking. He says, and in that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you shall receive, that your joy may be full. These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time cometh when I shall no more speak in, unto you in Proverbs, but I shall show you the plainly the Father, right? And he says, at that day you shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. Now I want you to say, I'm going to tell you this. This is an important truth that we all need to understand. When we approach the Father in prayer, we approach him in the name of Jesus. This is extremely important because I don't care how good or fancy your prayer is. It's empty if it's not sealed with the name of Jesus. It means nothing. And his name ain't enough. In the name of Jesus. You ask me to pray, that's what you're going to get. You better be, you know, better be careful if you invite me somewhere because that's what you're getting. Because <laughs> I ain't got no time to pray prayers that ain't going nowhere. You see, when I pray in the name of Jesus, it's as if Jesus himself were praying or making the request. When I pray in the name of Jesus, I am not approaching God based on my merits or goodness. I'm approaching the Father according to Jesus' merits and goodness. I'm not worthy to be heard, but Jesus is. And I put here, see, heaven has a password that opens the door and unlocks the gates of God's blessings and favor. And the password is Jesus. Have you ever watched TV, you know, and you saw, you know, somebody uh, knock on the door and a little slit open, you know? And they say, what's the password? <laughs> if you don't know the password, you can't get into the club. <laughs> Jesus is the password to heaven. He's the password. In the name of Jesus, I pray and I believe. Not, not you know, and, you know, all these fancy stuff, all these fancy prayers people pray. I mean, I'll be listening. I'll be like, okay, oh, that's a good prayer, man. Then he just say, amen. I'll be like, he wasted a good prayer, man. Prayer ain't going nowhere. He <laughs> just wasted that. All that time, 20 minutes praying, you waste all that. <laughs> all that time, all that fancy talk, you know, means nothing if it ain't sealed with the name of Jesus. Now, look, I want to I wanna teach you something today real quick. Because, you know, the key to understanding, you know, how to read the Bible is understanding spiritual language, you know. And you know that, um, so let's go to Genesis chapter 28. Now, you know that, um, that the New Testament is concealed in the Old Testament, right? And the Old Testament is revealed in the New Testament, right? Because the Bible speaks in types and shadows, right? You have to be able to understand those. And that's why it's a spiritual book. See, this is not a book that you can try to art understand with your natural mind you get the holy spirit has to reveal it to you and so let's just get into this real quick in, Ge in genesis chapter 28 verses 12 through 15 now now jacob you know he is now fleeing from his brother because he just swindled him out of his birthright and his blessing right so he gets to this place and he's i mean he falls asleep with his head on a rock you know he's on his way to his, his uncle laban's house and he falls asleep and it says and he dreamed and behold a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reached to heaven and behold the angels of God ascending and descending on it right here these angels they're going up and they're going down this ladder that's reaching heaven and he says and behold the Lord stood above it and said I am the Lord God 
of Abraham thy father and the God of Isaac, right? The land wherein you liest, to thee I will I give it, and to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now, now, so he's looking up to heaven, right? There's this ladder from the earth all the way up into heaven. And he looks up, and God begins to speak to him for the first time. This is the first time he's, he got this, you know, he, he receives the blessing that was on his father Abraham. On his father Isaac, rather. Abraham passes it down to Isaac. Isaac passes it down to him, right? So now he's receiving. God speaks to him for the first time. And I, I'm, I'm going somewhere here. I want, I, want, I want you to see this. Turn your Bibles to John chapter 1, verses 50 through 51. Now I want you to, this is what I want you to see. Again, there's a ladder from earth to heaven. And angels are going up and down heaven. And at the top of this ladder, God is up there. Right? He sees God the Father. Now, John chapter 1, verses 50 to 51. Now, Jesus replies and says, Because I said to you that I saw you under the fig tree, you believe in me. And he says, You will see greater things than this. Then he said to him, I assure you, and most solemnly say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on who? The Son of Man. He's the ladder or the bridge between heaven and earth. So Jesus is that ladder. Now, I'm, again, I'm going somewhere with this. Je Jesus is the New Testament revelation of Jacob's ladder. Here he represents two important things when it comes to prayer. The first thing is Jesus represents the word of God. Right? Because he is the word made flesh, right? In the beginning, in John chapter 1, the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. Right? Same was in the beginning with God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, right? Jesus is the word of God that has been made flesh. So he represents the word of God. And also, he is, you know, we use the name of Jesus to enforce the word of God. Now let me, I'm going somewhere with this. The word of God plus the name of Jesus is what causes angels to ascend to heaven with prayer requests and return to earth with answers. They're ascending and descending, right? That's what Jacob saw. And he says, you're going to see heaven open and you're going to see the angels ascending and descending on the son of man. In other words, for example, when, you, when you're down here and you begin to pray the word of God in the name of Jesus... It releases angelic activity. I don't want to lose you on this. I want you to under, so I'm gonna, let me let me show you one more thing. Turn your Bibles to Psalms chapter 103, verse 20. One more thing I'll show you. See, there's a lot of angelic activity that happens and demonic activity that you can't see. You know, the spirit world is patterned, the, the, this natural world is patterned after the spirit world. And it is not just as real, it's more real than this natural world is. Now, Psalms 103, verse 20, it says, Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do what? That do his commandments. How? Hearkening unto the voice of his word. So let me ask you, 
What's the voice of his word? Is it you taking the Bible and... Is that the voice of his word? You are. You are the voice of the word of God. You give the word of God a voice. When you speak the word of God in the name of Jesus, angels begin to listen and obey his word. They're not obeying you. They're obeying the word or command of God spoken by you in faith in the name of Jesus. You release angelic activity. You know, the Bible, when, when Daniel was fasting 21 days, the Bible says, he, when Gabriel came, he says, I've come for your words. And you know, the same thing that happens with angels is the same thing that happens with demons, you know. When you begin to speak the word of God, angels are released. When you begin to speak junk out your mouth, demonic activity is released. You start saying, I'm nothing. I'm nobody. I'm never going to make it. You know, I'm going to be sick and I'm going to get this disease that so-and-so had and I'm going to catch this and that. The, you have demonic activity running wild. You know, some of you, if you can see in the spirit, you'll open up the door. You'll be like, what are you doing here, Mr. Devil? And he says, I come here for your words. Come for your words. You said you were never going to make it. I'm here to make sure you never do. You said you were a loser. I'm going to make sure you never win. As I say, you can't be talking junk out your mouth. Death and life is not in the devil's power. God didn't even say it's in my power, in his own power. He says it's in the power of your tongue. You start releasing that junk out your mouth, you'll start opening up the doors for demonic activity. Or you'll release blessings. See, your mouth can work for you or against you. And that's why it's important to know what the word of God says about you and then say what the Bible says and not what you have. Always confess what you want and not what you have. Now, people talk about, I'm broke. I'm not. Because I know the grace of my Lord Jesus Christ. That even though he was rich, yet for my sake he became poor. That we through his poverty might be made rich. So I'm not poor. I don't care what your bank, your bank account says. You're rich. And so you got to confess what, you, what, what the word of God says and stop confessing what you have. And then eventually you'll have what the word of God says. All right, let me move on, man. I, 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 you guys get something out of this? All right, let me just keep on moving. Now, did you do know that the devils flee in the name of Jesus? In Luke chapter 10, verses 17 through 19. Now, you know, although Jesus had 12 disciples, he had always had also had other uh, 12 apostles. He always also had other disciples that were following him. And he gave 70 power to cast out devils and heal the sick and do all of these things, right? And the Bible says, and the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject to, to us through your name. When we say in the name of Jesus, devils start moving. And you know, this is the amazing thing about Jesus. He says unto them, I beheld Satan fall like lightning from heaven. <laughs> you know, when devil was kicked out of heaven, he hit the earth like a, like a lightning bolt. <laughs> That's what I per personally, I believe that when the devil hit this planet, 
He caused the ice age and everything else, man. He killed all the dinosaurs, everything. <laughs> I mean, he hit the earth hard, man. He says, I saw, I saw the devil hit the, I mean, fall out of heaven like lightning, man. And he says, behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. I want you to understand this. I always say this. You need to understand that you have been deputized in the spirit by God. In the spirit, you know what you are? You know what a police officer is? He's a law enforcer. He enforces the law. That means if he sees you breaking the law, then he'll enforce it. You run a red light and he catch you, he's going to give you a ticket for you. Right? He's going to enforce the law. In the spirit, we are law enforcers. The devil start trying to steal from you, you're supposed to enforce the law. Not letting the devil just steal from you. You remember you, the devil start taking people from your lives, start taking money from you, just sit there, cry. And God has given us authority, the Bible says, over every power that the enemy possesses. I put here, see, <laughs> we haven't received a gun and a badge like a natural police officer does. We have received spiritual guns and badges. Our badge is the name of Jesus. It gives us the authority and the spirit realm to police demonic forces. As the scripture says, the devil is subject to or under the authority of the disciples of Jesus through his name. Our gun is the word of God, which the Bible states is the sword of the spirit. We use the word of God as a weapon to fight against the enemy. And I put here, when these two things are combined, the word of God and the name of Jesus, there is no devil in hell that can stand against you or defeat you. And that's why it's so important that you understand what the word of God says. And then you use it in combination with the name of Jesus. See, these, these two things together is not just the name of Jesus. And it's not just the word of God without the name of Jesus. You got to combine them. Because many people pray, they don't even know what they're asking for. <laughs> they know the name of Jesus, but they don't know nothing about what the word says. How do you know that the devil is breaking a law in your life if you don't know what the word of God says? You got to know what the law book says first. If the thief gets caught stolen, stealing, he must restore. Sevenfold what he stole from you. You let the devil just steal and just take it. I tell that devil, you got to empty out your bank account and repay me for everything you stole. That's why you, you allow, you know, a sickness to come on you. A sickness ain't supposed to be on your body. We are healed by the stripes of our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, he is Jehovah Rapha. He is the Lord who is our great physician. And the Bible says that Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement that brought about our peace was laid upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed of all sicknesses, all infirmities, all diseases, and all viruses in Jesus' name. I ain't going to accept none of that stuff on my body because I am, I, I, love, I love it. In the, New, in the Old Testament when it says, it says, I am healed, right? And then in the New Testament it says, you were healed. 
past tense. You are already, I'm not, I'm not believing for healing. No, I was already healed. I, I, it's already done. In the spirit, I'm already healed. No matter what my physical body is saying to me, I'm already healed. And now I just have to connect with that truth. I'm already wealthy. I just have to connect with that truth. I'm already blessed. I'm not cursed. I'm already blessed. I'm, bl I'm blessed and I can't be cursed. I don't care what no witchcraft, voodoo, doctor, whatever, try to, try to put a curse on me. That curse is not coming upon me because I'm already blessed. I can't be cursed. Right, let me move on, man, because it's getting, it's getting later and later. I put it here, see, it's important for you to understand that the devil, he is not scared of you. He's scared of the power that's contained in the name of Jesus. When that name come out, comes out of your mouth in faith, the devil has to flee. I want you to understand this, too, and this is important. You need to understand or realize that we pray to the Father in the name of Jesus when we're, correct, we're requesting things. But you need to understand that we command devils in the name of Jesus. You don't pray to the devil. You command the devil. You pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. And then you come, devil, I command you to go right now in Jesus' name. You don't pray, please, Mr. Devil, would you leave me alone? No, you don't do that. <laughs> Here you are, you know, Lord, please tell the devil to leave me alone. He's saying I gave you authority. I'm not telling the devil to do nothing. You tell him. I gave you authority. I, I gave you authority to tell that devil to go. I'm not going to do it for you. Do your job. You're a law enforcer. Enforce the law. Tell an enemy to take his hand off your stuff. Take his hands off your children, off your family, off your loved ones. Take your hands off them in Jesus' name. Let no devil steal nothing from you. I put here, you know, again, we ask God for things or make requests to God through the name of Jesus, but we command the devil and demand him to leave. He can't stay. He can't tell you you're not leaving. He can't tell you he ain't going. Kick that devil out your house. Stop inviting him for lunch. Sitting around, you know, the devil is attacking your mind. And you're just sitting there, you know. You know, he's telling you, nobody, you're worthless. You're a loser. You're sitting there. I know, you know. I command you to go from my mind in Jesus' name. Now, let's just, I got to get ready to close. I'm all messed up right now. Turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 19, verses 11 through 17. Now, I'm really, I'm, I'm teaching you something about this now. I'm really, this is really, if, if, you, if you receive this, this will help you. Big time. Acts chapter 19, verses 11 through 17. You need to understand that the, the word of God and the name of Jesus is a right and a privilege that has been reserved and awarded to blood-washed, blood-bought believers. And people just can't use the word of God in the name of Jesus and they ain't saved. I'm going to give you scriptures for that. And the Bible says God was doing extraordinary and unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. So that even handkerchiefs or face towels or aprons that had touched his skin were brought to the sick. 
and their diseases left them, and the evil spirits came out of them. My God, man, you talk about being soaked in an anointing. I mean, he had handkerchiefs just, just touched them. And maybe it touches a person that got a devil on them, and the, de the devil just come out of them. You're talking about being full of God, man. See, it's a real price to pay to be full of God that way. It says, you know, then some of the traveling Jewish exorcists also attempted to call on the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I implore you and solemnly command you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. <laughs> no, no relationship at all. He tried to cast out a devil. I'm a, I cast you out by the Jesus who Paul preaches, you know. And the Bible says seven sons of one named Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. But the evil spirit retorted, I know and recognize and acknowledge Jesus, and I know about Paul, but who the hell are you? <laughs> or who in hell are you, you know? It says, then the man in whom the was the evil spirit leaped on them. <laughs> And subdued all of them and overpowered them so that they ran out of the house stripped naked and wounded. <laughs> My God, man. This spirit of the devil, this guy full of the devil, man. And he jumps on them, tears them apart. <laughs> I put here, you know, this is important for you to know. Only blood-washed, blood-bought believers who have a relationship with Jesus can wield the name of Jesus with authority in the spirit. You can't just know of him. You must know him. He has deputized his own. And this is major right here. Now I want you to understand this. The devil knows who you are. The devil knows who you are. And more importantly, he knows whose you are. When they see you, they know. I put it, if you're serving the devil... You can't command the devil to exit your life. You've, you've given him a place. If you allow the devil to come in, you know, and he's in there, you've given him a place. You've given him authority. You've given him right, access. You're blessed and you can't be cursed unless you open up the door. Through sin and through disobedience and stuff like that, you open up the door to demonic activity. You know, that's the picture, you know. In, 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 the, um, in the wilderness, right, the Israelites were, were about to be attacked by the Moabites, right? And this man named Balak hired a, a, this prophet named Balaam. He hired him to curse Israel. And God comes to, and, and, and when he's up there about to do his thing, God tells them, you cannot curse without blessed. They're blessed. They can't be cursed. And he, he tries it a couple, multiple times. And every time God says, that's where we get the scripture from. God is not a man that he shall lie. He is not the son of man that he shall repent. Has he said it and shall he not do it? Has he spoken and shall he not make it good? He says, I have given a command to bless Israel. He ain't reversing it. But we find out later, if you really study the scriptures, that although Balaam could not curse Israel, he taught Balak how to get Israel to curse themselves. They sent all of these women there, 
and they start indulging in sexual things, and they start worshiping other gods, and it opened up the door for the curse to come on them. And so you start opening up the door. See, you're blessed. You can't be cursed. But you open up that door, you give the, the devil rights and access. And then he can start taking and doing stuff. And you know, people start, people start messing. You know, we got Christians messing, messing around with, with sage and stuff like that and burning that stuff. And, and they're messing around with Ouija boards and, and getting horoscopes and all that stuff, opening up the door to witchcraft. And then they wonder why the devil is in their house. You open the door, and you get a devil access. You don't need no sage. The only smoke I want in my house is the Holy Ghost, smoke of the ghost. <laughs> I want my place perfumed with his presence. Not no crazy sound. I don't need no sage to, to get no evil spirit out. I tell him, get out in Jesus' name. It got to go. I can't stay in my house. That thing got to go. Now, I put it, you can't be playing with witchcraft. Don't be playing with no Ouija boards and looking at horoscopes and consulting psychics and doing all that crazy stuff. You can't do that and then try to use the name of Jesus with authority. You got to pick a side. Make a decision. And then when you, when you speak the word of God, submit yourselves, therefore, unto God. Resist the devil and he will flee. See, he's only going to flee from you if you are submitted to him and you resist him. You submit yourself to God. Then you resist the enemy and then he'll flee from you. I'm about to close. I know I'm about to close. I'm almost done. I'm about to close. All right. You guys don't want no more of this. I'm just too much. <laughs> you, you, you know, you can't mess around. You know, you can't be playing around, you know. Can't be playing around with the enemy. You know, you got to stop living in sin. You got to stop. I'm talking about living like the devil. I'm not talking about messing up every once in a while. I'm talking about you made a decision. I'm going to do my thing. You can't be doing that. It says no one is born of God is an intentional sin. It don't say that they don't mess up. It says that they are not intentionally making a decision, I'm going to live in sin. I don't care what God said, I'm doing my thing. You can't do that and then think you're going to be blessed. Can't do that stuff. You got to live right. You know? Again, I'm not talking about being perfect. I'm talking about doing your best to live right. Staying clean before him. Then if you, you do that, then when you start wielding the name of Jesus, the enemy will take notice and he'll start leaving from your life. Now I'm about to get ready to close. Turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 18. And I'm going to close with this here. And that is the fact that... Um, their signs is going to be following believers through the name of Jesus. In Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 18, this is what Jesus says. He's, he's resurrected from the dead, you know. And he says to them, 
Go into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. And he says, he who has believed in me and has been baptized will be saved from the penalty of God's wrath and judgment. But he who has not believed will be condemned. And he says, and these signs will accompany or follow those who believe. In my name, they're going to cast out devils. See, the name of Jesus. They're going to speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick. And the sick will recover. Or they'll get well. Now, I put it here. See, if you're a believer, you have the right to use the name of Jesus to produce signs, miracles, and wonders. Through the name of Jesus, you have been deputized to cast out devils. In Jesus' name, you've been given the power to heal the sick, make them well. Lay hands on them, man. Lay hands on sick people. The baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues is given to you through the name of Jesus. And I put it here. See, are you a believer? If you are, you have the authority to produce these signs through the name of Jesus. And it's important that we start producing. There's a hurting world out there. Many people that need the touch of God. And through you, in the name of Jesus, you have power. You have authority. And you need to start using that authority. Stop letting the devil do his thing. Stop letting him have rights that he shouldn't have. See, you know, if a thief doesn't get caught, he'll keep stealing. See, if, if, if there's no repercussions for actions, they'll keep stealing. You know, they will keep stealing until they get caught. So the devil steals something from you and you don't say nothing, he's coming back. He's coming back to steal some more stuff. And, and, the, and the more you let him steal, the bolder he gets. And the more he'll take. Oh, they're not going to do nothing. They're not going to say anything. They're crying, you know. You know, they're, 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 you know, they're, they're powerless. They do nothing. They say nothing. Open your mouth. See, Jesus has given us authority. Use your authority. He must submit. He must flee. He can't do what he wants to do in your life. He just can't do whatever he wants to do. He's been given limits. Yeah, that's why the Bible says, neither give the devil a place. Don't give the devil a place. Don't give him. See, Jesus says, you know, he's almost at the end of his life. And he says, the prince of this world comes, but he has nothing in me. In other words, he has nothing in me that belongs to him. He ain't got no power here. He ain't got nothing, he ain't got nothing in me that belongs to him. Make sure you have nothing in you that belongs to him. Lift your hands to Jesus. We're going to get ready to close right here. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. We bless you. We give you praise. We give you glory and we give you honor. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for speaking to each and every one of us. I truly believe 
that this word was for your people, that we all needed to hear that there is power and that there is authority in the name of Jesus and that you have given us the authority. You have deputized us in the spirit. You have gave us the legal right to be able to use your name to defeat all the powers of the wicked. The enemy has no power that can withstand the power that's contained in the name of Jesus. When we wield the word of God in the name of Jesus in faith, the devil has to flee from us in terror. And we thank you this morning for allowing us the great honor and privilege to be saved and to have the right and privilege to use your name to use the word of God, to release it in faith so that the enemy must go from us. And Father, for we thank you and we bless you. We give you all the praise. We give you glory and we give you honor. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Now look, if you're here today, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're backslidden and you know you are and you want to get it right with God, I want to pray for you. If you're watching on Facebook, you've never given your life to Jesus. If you're backslidden and you want to get it right with God again, remember, you have to, you got to be saved first. There is no other way. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. He's the only way. He gives us access to heaven. So if that's you, if you're here today, you can stand up. I'll pray for you. If you're watching, then I just want you to say this simple prayer. And I want everybody to say the prayer after me with this precious young lady here. Let's all say it together. I want you to say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus. I believe in my heart. I confess with my mouth that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead to make me right with God. Now, Heavenly Father, I accept the sacrifice of your son, Jesus. Come into my heart. Help me to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. God bless you. God bless you. If you don't have a church home to come to, come here. We're here, you know. Every time these doors open, you know, my pastor always said, be here. Amen, 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 amen. And I, and I want to also, you know, the angels in heaven, they're rejoicing right now. They're rejoicing, and we should be rejoicing right now. Hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. And we rejoice with anybody that gave your life to Jesus online. We, we rejoice with you. Amen, 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 amen. All right. My God, my God, my God. Woo. My God. Did you guys get something out that message today? Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. Be gracious and merciful and kind to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. Grant you his holy peace in Jesus' matchless name. I want anybody to say, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. and I can't be cursed. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Look, the Lord bless you.
Just wait for one second. I'm going to put this video on for you, all right? 